It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero. It is Friday, so you know who's here. Mimosa Michelle. What's up, Michelle? Woo woo. And I have a mimosa because what happened last week? The 49ers win. They clinch the number one seed and the bye. What's better than that? But you know who also helped out? The Steelers. They beat the Seahawks. I don't really actually know if that helped, ended up helping at all, but. It, it helped my soul, so you know. That's and I'm I always, I'm always down to celebrate a Seahawks loss. I don't have a mimosa today because we don't have any orange juice. So instead, I am drinking just a straight up glass of champagne. All right. Afternoon here on the East Coast. Check this out, Michelle. Look, if you're watching on the pod, I am holding up a giant bottle of champagne right now this is what i'm drinking it's just afternoon i don't care i'm doing it anyway 49ers are the number one seed if we can't celebrate what are we doing listen i'm all for no orange juice i just put a little bit of orange juice in mine just yeah just color yeah but i i do like it with a little bit of orange juice but i'm all fine for drinking champagne on its own a little early to be handling that but i love it i love it I'm down. I don't care. Why? Oh, you add orange juice. Suddenly it's socially. Oh, no, it's no different, but I'm just saying like the taste of it. Oh yeah. It's like being so early in the morning, I, I need that little bit of orange juice for the taste to be different. Got it. All right. Yeah. We're going to get to the matchups we want to see for the 49ers in the playoffs, how they should handle this week 18 game. There's been a little bit of news there that has happened uh, this morning just before we hit record. So I want to get to that. Uh, and I have a little surprise for you also, Michelle, because we have an update 
on something that we talked about months ago. So, and I haven't told you about this yet. So I'm, I always like to have a little, you know, a little something to keep it interesting before we get to all of that. However, I want to give a shout out to our special YouTube partners, community tree service, LLC friends of the show. We are so happy to be partnered up with them and they do everything you could possibly need for your yard, tree trimming, land clearing, hazard tree removal, home fire hardening and debris removal anywhere from the central coast up to the Bay area and estimates are free. So call 831-763-2391. You can email estimating at cts831.com or visit their website, communitytree.com to schedule your appointment. Mention you heard about them from us and that you are a 49er fan and you get 200 bucks off of your quote. If you're a fan of somebody else, it's going to cost you $200 more. So that's another reason why you should root for the 49ers. Please check out Community Tree Service, LLC. They are licensed by the California State License Board, license number 1100816. All right, let's start with the little bit of breaking news that we had. John Lynch went on KNBR this morning and said that Trent Williams is expected to play at least some of the game on Sunday, which is surprising to me, Michelle, because Jalen Moore was a full participant in practice yesterday. So I was thinking, hey, if Jalen Moore is out of the concussion protocol, he'll play and that'll clear the way for Trent Williams not to play. But apparently 71 is going to get some run. I don't like that. I don't want him out there. Please don't. Please put him in bubble wrap. Uh, it's especially like he's the least of our worries with being rusty. You know, it's a left tackle, a just that position. You're not too worried about being too rusty. And Trent Williams could old man here could use some break. He could use this two week break. Why? Why put him in the game at all? I don't even care if Jalen Moore can't go. I don't care who's blocking for Sam Darnold. <laughs> like let him get hit. I mean, I don't want him to get hurt or anything, but like. Uh, who cares? Uh, I don't know. I don't like this at all. Do we have any news on if they plan on playing Brandon Ayuk or Diva? Uh, I haven't seen anything specifically about that yet. Um, but Debo told Kay Adams that he's going to play on Tuesday. So at least for a little while, he may get in there. But you would think if there was anybody on the Niners that could use two weeks off, number one at the top of the list would be your 35-year-old left tackle. Um And look, maybe he's only going to play a quarter or whatever. So maybe it's not that big a deal. I just, I get so nervous because he's so important. He's had ankle problems in the past. He's been fighting a groin injury. Um, It is a roll of the dice. I will say if he's only going to play a quarter, then really, what is the point? Right. Like, honestly, if he's only, if he's not playing the full game, I don't get a single point of him being in ever. Uh, Modelo time, 1999 watching on Twitch. Shout out to the Twitch audience. Uh, why does it feel like a preseason game coming up? Because it is essentially a preseason game. I mean, the Rams aren't playing anybody. They're resting Stafford and cup and Donald and Kyron Williams. The Niners are resting Brock Purdy and, and Christian McCaffrey and a bunch of guys. It's, it is a preseason game. Basically. That's why it feels like one. Yeah. It feels like the Rams are being more careful than the 49ers and the Rams actually have something little to play for the sixth seed instead of the seventh seed. That is, it's not nothing. Right. And maybe they have a preference for who they'd like to play. The Cowboys, the Lions are trying to figure that out, but they seem to be completely punting this game and okay with losing. So that's, what's even crazier to me. It's not like the Rams are playing all their starters and the 49ers are like, okay, we'll keep our starters in for a bit at least and see where it goes and not just give a Rams an easy win. But if the Rams are saying, okay, we're cool with sitting our guys. I just, 
this Trent Williams playing thing. Like I, I get it. If Brandon Ayuk's out there a little bit, Devo's out. You can't sit everyone. Everyone can't rest the whole entire game. But mm-hmm. Trent Williams would be my number one after Brock Purdy. Trent Williams would be my number one guy to to let sit out this game. I completely agree with you. Um, there's a little bit more news on that front, but I want to get to this question. Nick Ellert, YouTube channel member, says, Michelle 100% has had a tamale. It came up. Steph Sanchez asked me yesterday if I had a tamale. I've never had one. Sorry. And Levin thinks this is some crime against humanity. I assume you have had one. I actually have them in the fridge right now. I ate them on Sunday. We should probably throw them out. It's been since Friday. But I, yeah, I love tamales. But also, I live in Houston. But I had tamales long before I lived in Houston. Tamales are great. What are you doing? I'm not disputing that. I just never had one. It was, I'm not anti tamale. Like let's not, let's not go there. I didn't realize it was going to become a big thing. Levin posted a poll. Uncultured. You're uncultured. Sorry. Again, I'm not anti tamale, Um, but shout out to Nick Ellert and all our YouTube channel members. If you want to become a YouTube channel member like Robert grooms. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. Uh, Please consider it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, you get membership badges, you get priority comment response. It's a great way to support the channel. Please. And thank you. If you'd like a follow on Twitter, I'm happy to give you one. I don't want Vish to get mad at me, by the way, Vish is back from India. So we will be back on Monday doing our show at the regular time, which is 1 PM Eastern. So we, that's good to go for this Monday. So I'm very excited about that, but become a YouTube channel member. Uh, please. And thank you. Some other stuff that John Lynch said on KMBR, Michelle, and this one is a little concerning. He said that the hope is that Eric Armstead can make it back for the playoffs. I don't know about expect Lynch said, but we hope to. That's a little scary because I feel like Armstead makes a big difference on this defensive line. He does. And I do think in the divisional round, if he still had to sit out that it would be okay, no matter who they're facing. I think once it comes to the NFC championship is where we get more worried. And that's four weeks out. I mean, unless this injury is a terrible one, he should be back by that. This plantar fasciitis, man, it, it can flare up at any time. It's, it's very difficult to deal with. It kind of like lingers. It's just, it's this chronic kind of thing that Armstead is going to have to deal with. And he was okay for 12 games this year, but it's flared up on him at the worst possible time. Um, and it, who knows? Uh, honestly, it's a week to week situation. I imagine. Is that the same thing as the Cowboys offensive line had, and then it fully ruptured finally. Um, I know that was similar. I don't know. Cause I heard that like it fully ruptured, but that's actually a good thing, which I didn't quite understand with that, yeah. but I, I wasn't like, you know, deep into that situation. So I'm not totally sure. Um, but you're right. They probably could stretch, but think about it. He's already missed, you know, a month of action. Now he's going to, you know, have three weeks, 21 days, whatever to rest up. And then if he misses the divisional round again, like that's a crazy long time. We're all sitting here like, Oh, can we rest Brock Purdy for, for this amount of time? Think about Armstead, how long it'll be between snaps for him. Yeah. But there's certain positions I'm not worried about with the rest, right? It's all about, I feel like it's really just quarterbacks that you're worried about the rust. And if the connection is still perfectly there, because there's so much of rhythm that goes on in the quarterback position. That's the only area that I'd be worried about rust. Uh, When it comes to the other positions, I'm not too scared about it. That's why I would understand if they said Brock Purdy is going to play a couple series, right? Like a preseason game. I don't understand the Trent Williams thing, but if they did say Brock Purdy, I'd be like, okay, it's not, it's not the same as the Rams situation with them sitting Matthew Stafford because they're playing next week. 
With Brock right. Purdy, you have two weeks off, which I'm totally, totally okay with them not playing him at all. I really am. But I would understand the logic of them putting him in for a series or two. That's why I'm just really confused about the Trent Williams side of it. Uh, but with Eric Armstead, if he can come back and he's healthy enough, then I'm not worried about rust with him. Gameplan.exe on Twitch says, Rob, it's your fault for not having a tamale. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't make a point to try some. Apparently, I like, maybe I need to get some on the show and try it live on the show to satisfy. It's not like the craziest thing ever. I mean, there's better Mexican food than tamales, but they're good. They're yummy. It all depends on who makes them, too. They're going to be some really blah ones, man, not very tasty, and some amazing ones. And that's why, like, I figured, look, I'm in Connecticut. What are the odds I can find a really good one? Apparently, there are. Trader Joe's actually has pretty solid tamales, if you have a Trader Joe's around you. Uh, Yes, I actually do. Um, Another thing John Lynch said, speaking about Brock Purdy. Here's Lynch. Uh, We took a lot into account, one of them being week one in Pittsburgh after not a lot of work in training camp and coming off the bye in the middle of the season helped him. If we can pull back a little, it can help him. We trust in the plan. Brock's on board. Just kind of a lot to unpack there, Michelle. Uh, Brock said yesterday that he initially told Kyle he wanted to play because, you know, he wanted to stay in rhythm. And that Kyle brought up like, hey, you were good in week one in Pittsburgh without throwing in the entire offseason. And you were good against Jacksonville coming off the bye week. So it's like we have confidence in you to be good. But just the way that those couple of words in there about pulling back a little, I almost wonder if they're worried about the elbow. You know, I've seen Brock on the sidelines this year with that big giant black thing wrapped around his arm. Brock did say that he took the bye week off to not throw and let his arm rest up a little bit. I almost wonder if the Niners are thinking, hey, let's give that elbow, you know, a couple weeks to sort of rest up a little. Well, not even just the elbow. He's been dealing with the stinger issues. So that's also something to worry about. I think this is a perfect time to get him some rest, let his body rest up, not even just for the elbow, but make sure he doesn't get another stinger and cause us worry then. Because if we ever have to see Sam Darnold start in a playoff game, I am throwing my TV out the window over a mountain. I'll find a mountain, throw my TV (laughs) off of it. Wow. Well, if you do that, uh, contact me because I love TV shopping. So if you if you decide to break your television, then we're going to go TV we'll shopping. together. You know, we'll find a mountain together and throw off our TVs together. If we have to watch Sam Darnold in the playoffs, can can the 49ers just have a healthy quarterback this year throughout the whole playoffs and get them that Super Bowl ring? Because I think that's the only thing that would hold them back from getting the Super Bowl championship. I really think, honestly, that's what this is about with Shanahan. I think he really deep down in places he doesn't talk about at parties. He thinks. If we don't lose our quarterback, we're winning the Super Bowl last year. And so I think he's going into this thinking, the one thing I'm not going to let happen to me is I'm not going to let my team lose the quarterback in a stupid, meaningless week 18 game against the Rams. If we're going to lose them, I'm losing them in a playoff game. And I think that he just, he would never be able to forgive himself, even if he intended on playing Brock for only one series and some weird, stupid thing happened where he lost them. I have the stupidest question to ask you of all time that just popped up in my head. All right. Do you somewhat not like having the number one seed because of the bye? Are you somewhat sad you don't get to see him play in the wild card game? Or that it does feel for whatever reason the number one seed puts extra pressure on teams coming out of that bye division around. Like they're they're meant to just like kill it in the division around, but you're playing against someone good. So it puts the extra pressure on you. Any part of you that is like, I would like to see my team in the wild card round. 
No. The weird thing is, like, I don't love that they have these two, like, that this week is totally meaningless. And then they also have the week of rest. Something in my head is, like, two weeks off. That's not good. Like, danger, danger. Um, but no, I, I will take the first round by just because we've seen how good they are coming off the bye. I keep bringing this up, but the Niners were at the biggest rest disparity of anybody in the league this year, negative 20 days of rest disparity. And they traveled the second most miles in the league. Only Seattle traveled more than the 49ers did this year. We've seen the real effects of all of that on them. And we've seen how good they look when they have a chance to be well rested. So I definitely wanted the buy. The two weeks off thing is scary, but also like, I don't think we remember the times when the number one seeds got the buy and destroyed everybody. Cause that's what they're expected to do. I think we only remember the times where they came out flat a little bit. And so that's, what's scaring me. Yeah. I will say when I was like, I feel like the 49ers never lose in the divisional round. Right. And I went and looked over the last 20 seasons, the 49ers are six and oh in the divisional round of yep. the playoffs best record in the NFL during that span tied for the second most wins in the divisional round during that span tied with the Packers only behind the Patriots who are 12 and two 14 divisional round games they played in over the last 20 years. Pretty insane and amazing, but like they just don't lose in the divisional round. And I'm not worried about whoever they have to face this year. I will go going back to this game though. In week 18, we have Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz, right? You know, they have never faced off against each other. I'm shocked by that. Hmm. All right. I feel like they're like the same type of quarterbacks where they're drafted early around the same time. I mean, what was Carson Wentz? 2016, 2017, and then Sam Darnold was 2018. Yeah, I think so. And uh, they were both third overall picks. Or no, maybe Wentz was second. Um, I think Wentz was second. Or was he yeah. first? Was Goff first? Goff was first. It was oh, Goff, Goff then Wentz. Okay. And Sam Darnold is third. Yeah, but I'm shocked they never faced off against each other. But Carson Wentz is 3-0 and in his career against the 49ers. I know. One, he never freaking against, Yeah. One twice against uh, them with the Eagles and once with the Colts. I oh, do remember that Colts game. That Colts game. Oh, infuriating just in 2021, but 130 to 18 in week seven, 2021 against uh, the 49ers with the Colts. I remember that game. Um, just a lot of big throws, right? From once from what I'm remembering that that was one of my all time, like peak Jimmy Garoppolo frustration games. It was bad weather. It was raining and the Colts figured out that you could just throw it deep against the 49ers and you were either going to get a completion or a flag. So that's what Carson Wentz just started doing. And Jimmy Garoppolo sitting there trying to dink and dunk his way down the field. And I am screaming at him to throw the ball down the field. And I believe it was out of the gates in the third quarter. They come out and he starts throwing the ball down the field and they go right down the field. I think they scored a touchdown and I'm sitting there like, yes, continue doing that. And it was the only drive he did it all game and the 49ers lost. And I was like ripping my hair out. Like we have to get rid of this guy. Like the frustration I had with the offense now is so far away from how I feel about things now. It's like light years different with the way that Brock Purdy is playing now. It's so much better. I mean, and we, I mean, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo's career uh, die really quickly uh, outside of San Francisco. I will say, I still think that the Raiders would have been much better sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo over Aiden O'Connell this year. And I think they probably could even fought for a playoff spot, but it's just night and day with him outside of Kyle Shanahan's system. Yeah. Uh, not unexpected, by the way. Let's be honest. He no. stinks. We saw it. We saw it for years. 
Oh God. Oh, it was so nice. It, I remember feeling that way about Alex Smith because Alex Smith was drafted in 05 and he was the quarterback up until that 2012 season. Now he was injured in there. So there were some others, but basically it was his job. And I remember thinking one time watching him being frustrated, like, we don't have to have this guy at quarterback. Like the offense doesn't have to be this hard and this difficult. Why don't we just get rid of this guy? And then of course, Colin Kaepernick came in and he lit the league on fire for his first 10 starts. I mean, Kaepernick's 10th start was the Super Bowl. That's what people like don't remember how like he was a meteor, just like incredibly hot, incredibly fast, and then kind of died out immediately after that. But then it was Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's like, we were stuck in this offense for 2017, 2018, 29. It's like, can we get somebody else in there? And now of course it's Brock Purdy and the, you know, pedal to the metal foot on the accelerator, four guys with a thousand yards from scrimmage in his first full season as a starter. It's just absolutely wild that they wanted to replace Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Cause they took Trey Lance third overall traded up for it. And then it ended up being the quarterback. They took the year later and the last pick of the draft. That's the guy that changed it all for the 49ers. Like the NFL is so weird. I feel like <laughs> all the storylines just write themselves. There are so many crazy things that happen in the NFL. Like I cannot wait for the wild card round to have Matthew Stafford going to the lions to face that team and possibly Joe Flacco facing the Ravens in the second round of the playoffs. That would be like, you just know it's going to happen because it's the NFL and these, these things happen all the time. The craziest, most exciting storylines that you're like, this seems like it's a movie written, but it's not, it's true life. So, all right, let's get into that a little bit. Cause you're right. There are some intriguing playoff matchups hey, stats before we get into it i've not seen you take a sip of your champagne i've been drinking it all show look it's uh, the glass is almost empty oh, i think you're gonna have to pour more from your big old bottle well i do have a giant bottle of champagne that is sitting near me all right fine I'll, i just finished the glass i will refill it look you're a very good secret drinker because i did not see you even take one sip it's not a secret drink i i drink while you're talking that's, you know, that's Maybe just... I just look at myself when I talk. Am I that self-centered? There you go. Yeah. Take your eyes off yourself and, uh, you know, maybe look at other people. Look at this. Ch who who drinks this much champagne? That's crazy. Listen, um, I feel like we buy that big of a bottle quite often. There you go. All right. Well, this is glass number two and we're 20 minutes into the show. So and it's the middle of the day. P.S. Thank God my son is off from school. I don't have to get in the car and go pick him up. <laughs> uh, well, that's very good. <laughs> yes. You know, I. I take that stuff very seriously. So if I had to go anywhere, I wouldn't be drinking this, but I don't because I basically live in my basement. So, okay. Playoff matchups. There's a lot of different permutations. Things aren't even totally settled in the NFC. The Packers are not officially the seventh seed. They could fall out of the playoffs. The Seahawks could still sneak into the playoffs. Now they need a bunch of stuff. So we don't know for sure, but that seed is unsettled in the NFC. What do you think is the best possible thing to happen for the 49ers? So I think the best possible thing might be the thing that doesn't make sense, right? I do think in the first round, the Cow Cowboys beating the seventh seed, whoever it may be, the Packers, the Rams, the Seahawks, maybe mm -hmm. even the Saints or the Vikings. Those are all options, right? Or, and then also the Lions beating whoever the sixth seed is, whether that be the Rams or the Packers. Because then in that case, they're either facing, I mean, you would expect the Eagles to beat the Buccaneers, right? Or if that's who it is, but you're either facing one of those two teams, the Buccaneers 
or the Eagles. And I think both of those games right now, they're feeling really good, or I guess it could still be the Saints as well, but NFC South champion or right. the Eagles, I think that might be the best way to go. I'm not so sure that the Bucks can't beat the Eagles, honestly. Their exactly. defense is in shambles right now. Um, but what, yeah, I can't decide if I want the Cowboys or the Lions to be like the seeding matchup there. I'm not quite sure who I want to be the two and who I want to be the three. I mean, the Cowboys would have to lose the commanders to not be the two. So it's yeah. going to be the Cowboys. I would love it if the Rams and the Cowboys faced off in the wild card round. I would love that because one of those teams would be going home because those are the two teams in the NFC that I think have the best shot to beat the 49ers. So if you're telling me one of them could be eliminated right off the bat before the 49ers even have to suit up and play, that's the outcome I want. So then the 49ers need to beat the Rams to push the Rams to number seven seed. Right. And then they'd have to face the Cowboys. I mean, the Rams could lose to both of the. I mean, the Rams would either have to face the Cowboys or the Lions. They're both really good teams. And well, I know the Rams are well outperforming our expectations, but they're still not an elite team. They're a good team. They're above average team. And they are one of the scarier teams coming in because of the weapons they do have on offense. But I would fully go into that game expecting the Cowboys or the Lions to beat them at home pretty easily. Even though you would say, okay, they are a tougher competition. The seven, like, there's no reason to have a seven seed in the NFC this year, <laughs> or I mean, really in either conferences, right? But yeah. the seven seed has really been proving to not matter since it's been yep. started. It's always like some terrible team. But unless, I mean, the only way the Rams become the seven seed is if the Packers become the six. And I don't think the Packers are deserving of a playoff spot this year. I actually think they lose to the Bears. Uh, looking at the line here, the Bears are plus three on the road at the Packers. I'm taking that all day, every day. I think the Packers win this game, knock the Packers out of the playoffs, as long as the other things that they, the Seahawks don't lose. They need like three other teams to lose to make it if the Packers also lose. But I think the Bears win this game. I think the Bears are the better team than the Packers right now, but they don't have the opportunity to make it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So if the Packers did lose this and the Seahawks beat Arizona, then the Seahawks would get in. Yes. So that's what Seattle is hoping for. I don't care about the Packers. I don't care about the Seahawks. Like either one of those teams don't scare me. You, you could shuffle in anybody you want in that final seed in the NFC. I don't care who it is. I don't care who wins the South. It's the same thing. You know, like whatever, they're just going to get destroyed in the opening round. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, 
but I, I think I want a Rams Cowboys matchup in wildcard weekend. If I could get that, that that'll be one thing I can get mad at Sam Darnold at if he stinks this week and the Niners don't beat the Ram. Like you could have had the Rams Cowboys matchup in the wildcard round. Hopefully the game goes into like double overtime. That's what I told my son. He's like, what are we rooting for this? You know, I was like, we just want, I don't want anybody to get hurt. I never root for that. I never tell him to root for anybody to get hurt, but I told him let's have the games go super long, have them be super tough. That's what I want. And the Niners just sit back and be like, Oh man, that sucks to have to play in overtime. Huh? I will say, how are you not? I know you're rooting for Rams versus Cowboys because you want the Cowboys to beat the Rams, right? Or do you want the Rams to beat the Cowboys? Uh, it doesn't matter, honestly. I just want but one. How are you not rooting for the Matthew Stafford Lions matchup? Yeah, that would be wild. It'd be Stafford potentially going to Detroit, which I believe would be his first game back in Detroit since leaving to play the Lions, to play the guy he was traded for. Uh, By the way, also Jared Goff on the other side was traded away for nothing. He was just a throwaway piece in this trade, right? And he gets to go against his old team that wanted to throw him away from that. Like, that is the best storyline. I mean, you got to root for that. It would be incredible. And I would imagine, I mean, maybe you're wrong. I would imagine Stafford would get an ovation from the Lions fans. Would he not? I mean, like, Come on, he's the best quarterback they've ever had. I don't know. How could I you boo him? It might not boo him, but I don't think they're going to give him an ovation during a playoff game, or basically. Yeah, a playoff game, yeah. It'd be, you know, they give him the video tribute before the game, whatever, and then after the game, you know, once it starts. A tribute? Oh, my God. Yeah. That would be slapping Jared Goff in the face. Oh, No. <laughs> like, why are you worried about it's that? Not I mean, like, I mean, golf has been killing it for them too. How many times has Matthew Stafford ever brought them to a playoff game? Not very often. I know, but he was the only good thing about that team forever. Oh, shush. I mean, the defense still stinks with the Lions. They've stunk the whole yeah. time with golf. He has, are you telling me Amon Ross ain't Brown's better than Calvin Johnson? Get out of here. No. Okay. I didn't say that. Okay. So, what's the difference? Tell me what the difference is in the lions now. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe better coaching, maybe better offensive. Okay, so Dan Campbell, you are saying is the coach of the year. No, that's the only thing you're giving him better than the coaches that the lions had while Stafford was there. Maybe the offensive line is better too. Like, let's stop acting like, are you blaming Matthew? Let's stop acting like there's a massive gap between Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. Like, I don't think there is. There's absolutely is. Goff stinks outside in the playoffs. There's nothing special about Jared. Put him Goff. outside, and it is a huge difference. Put of him in course. a dome, and there's not. Matthew Stafford is light years ahead of Jared Goff. Jared Goff had to have Sean McVay tell him who to throw to in his helmet before the play. And then he proved that he didn't need that once he went to Detroit. He's been better with Detroit than he was with the Rams. I if mean, he was good with the Rams too, but if you're McVay, don't you have to go up to Goff before that game and be like, hey? You still need me to tell you who to throw to or some make some sort of comment like that. Don't you have to? When are you, why would you want to get him angrier and more motivated? This seems stupid. Because Jared Goff is like, oh, now Jared Goff's really mad. Look out. He's oh, I'll be rooting for Goff so hard in that game. I won't. I like Stafford, man. He's tough as hell. He, he still has an arm that's incredible. Yeah, so you're going to be rooting for the Rams to win? Well... If the Rams win, I will be happy for Matt Stafford. How about that? Let's just say that. Uh, Joseph Faccio says Kyle and McVay are bros. 
Darnold ain't going to get the dub for us. Sadly, the Rams will win this Sunday, unfortunately. Well, let me go to that, Michelle, because you and I have a bet. The beginning of the year, we made our predictions for the team and we predicted every game. And we said, whoever won those predictions, if I won, you have to buy and wear a Jawan Jennings jersey because you hate Jawan Jennings. And if you won, I have to buy and wear a Sam Darnold jersey because I hate Sam Darnold. So I had some time this week. I went back and looked. Do you know that we both had the 49ers going 12 and 5 this year? Awesome. We both had them going 12 and 5. There were three games. There were, no, wait a minute six games that we disagreed on. You were correct on three of them. I was correct on three of them. You had the 49ers losing against the Steelers in week one. I had them winning. You had the Jag, uh, the Niners beating the Jags. I had them losing. So you won that one. You had them beating Seattle in Seattle and beating Philly in Philly. I had losses for both of those games. So shout out to you. You had them losing to Washington Oh, God, I had them beating. How easily could I just said they're going to beat Washington? Come on, Michelle. <laughs> well, because it was coming off the Ravens game on Christmas, uh, and it was you know cross country, short week, early body clock. I I kind of understood where you were coming from on that. So here's the thing: we both have predicted a win for this week. So either way, we're both going to be correct or wrong. What do we do? How do we settle the bet? Oh man, I don't know. Do we uh the playoffs? Well, I think we're both going to uh predict them to win the Super Bowl. Right. I I mean I would. I think I would. So I don't know how we I don't know what we do. Do you think they're going to win this game? Oh, yeah, we both have predicted a win for this one. Well, I'm saying now. We could always change it yeah. now. Here's the thing. It's so hard. Like, usually this is our betting and fantasy show, right? I don't know what the hell to bet in this game. Who knows what's going to happen? I do have bets for other NFC games. Just, like, straight up game line uh, spreads. I'm not getting into player props. But um, for the 49ers, hey, there's no even player props up because you don't know who's playing and who's not. And you really have no idea who's going to win. It's a preseason game. Like someone already mentioned, it's basically a preseason game. Betting on preseason lines is craziness. Like you don't do that. You have no idea. Uh, So I, yeah, I don't know what to do. Robert Groom says, Jared Goff only has one emotional look. RGF resting Goff face. (laughs) Well done. Um, I like Jared Goff. I know You're, you're the one. Yeah, there's no props for this game. I wouldn't put my money down any. The only thing I would bet is the over on interceptions for both guys. But there's no props up, like you said, so you can't even do that. Um, but I didn't know you had some other bets. I'm interested to hear those. What do you got for me? Well, I already told you about the Bears plus three on the road at the Packers. So I'll tell you why real quick. So write these three down, guys, everyone listening and ladies. Um, Chicago's five and seven with Justin Fields, right, as their starting quarterback. Not a good record but they have a minus eight point differential on the year with him as a starter. That's an average of minus 0.7 points per game differential. Again, they're getting three points in this game. The bears have won four of their last five games by 11 points in three of those four wins. The only loss was at the Browns by three points. I think the Browns are a harder matchup than the Packers. Uh, Packers defense has been absolutely terrible. Uh, Joe, Joe Barry is garbage. He needs to be fired. Uh, but the Packers did win last week against Jaron Hall 
right? Congrats. Mm -hmm. Cool. But they, they lost uh, weeks 14, I think weeks 13, 14, 15, barely beat the Panthers in week 16. They won by three points and the bears defense has been clutch as of late the second half of the season, really since week 10, they're allowing 222 passing yards per game and 1.3 passing touch for touching. Oh my God. Passing touchdowns per game. Drink, Michelle. Uh, they, <laughs> they've allowed nine pass touchdowns to 16 interceptions since week 10. Like their defense has been no joke. I think they easily win this game. I know the Packers need to win to be in, but I think they're going to ruin their rivals fun this year. We saw it last year. The Lions beat the Packers in a must-win game for the Packers. I think it happens again for them this year. And then they on another NFC game. I'm taking the Saints to win by three. So Saints minus three at home versus the Falcons. Falcons are trash. Falcons have lost four of their last five games on the road, lost by 20 points in week 17 at Chicago, only lost by two points in their previous road game. But guess what? It was against the Panthers. They lost by two points to the Panthers. Yeah. The worst team in the NFL. The Falcons are averaging 14 points per game on the road this season. So Saints minus three at home versus the Falcons. Bears plus three on the road versus the Packers. And last one. Cardinals to beat the Seahawks. Well, see, you could do money line if you want, but the Cardinals are getting three points. Cardinals plus three at home versus the Seahawks. Do you know that the Seahawks have trailed for over seven hours of game time this year? My God. The only NFC teams that have spent more time trailing were the Giants, the Commanders, and the Panthers, and also the Cardinals. But you have to remember they didn't have Kyler Murray for what the first nine weeks. So I'm not going to take that too harshly for them. Seahawks have not been good. We've been calling them frauds all year long. But their defense, especially their rushing defense, they rank 30th in rushing yards allowed and rush touchdowns allowed in the NFL, allowing 134 rushing yards per game, 23 touchdowns on the season. They're so bad at stopping the run. And guess what? The Cardinals have over 200 rushing yards in two of their last three games. Because mm. James Carr... James Conner is on fire. Kyler Murray is using his legs. I think the Cardinals are, are the better team at this moment with Kyler Murray there. The Seahawks are falling apart. I just I don't see the Seahawks winning at uh, the Cardinals this week. That's why part of me hopes the Seahawks sneak in just because like, hey, if the 49ers have to play them, like I would feel totally comfortable. I'm old enough to remember when everybody before the year was telling me, Look out for the Seahawks. Seahawks are coming in the NFC West. They could challenge the 49ers. I think Grant Cohn actually picked the Seahawks to win the division. Give me a break. Geno Smith ain't it. Pete Carroll ain't it. This defense ain't it. I am not worried about the Seahawks. I never will be worried about the Seahawks. So I like that best bet there. Absolutely. Like exactly like Lee says, sign Geno and Pete Carroll long-term. Great. You know what's crazy? Their season this year is almost identical to their season last year. They started yes. six and three, both seasons, went two and five in their next seven games, both seasons, and entered week 18, needing a win over an eliminated division rival, plus a Packers loss to eliminate a divisional rival. Isn't that crazy? It's exactly the same. That is wild. I didn't realize it was like that close. <laughs> yeah. Robert Groom says, do a lightning round pick in the bye week of the playoffs and if you tie this week picking over or under for each matchup we could do like a wild card make our picks for the wild card round and whoever does that wins yeah. 
bet ultimately? Is that what you want to do? Because I think our 49ers bets are going to be pretty similar the rest of the way. So I don't know that there's a point to to doing it like that. Yeah, that'll be perfect. Next week, we can give our pick for the wild card games, but not just the picks, but I think we should have to do the spreads. Do they cover? Because yeah. I think that makes it hard. I mean, obviously, you're just going to pick the better teams, right? So right. I think we should do the spreads and whoever does better on our spreads uh, gets the the win for the season. Gets the jersey. Joseph says Momosa Michelle spot on with the best bets with the little champagne emoji. Do uh, those three as parlays. Do it. Do it as a parlay. Oh, parlay me. I I have only ever hit one parlay in my entire life. Yeah, it's never a good idea to advise someone to do a parlay, but maybe do the three separate and then also just do like a nice five dollar parlay. Yeah, that's true. You could you could do them separate and then hit the parlay as well. That's not a bad idea. I feel really good about all of them. The fact I would also feel good about taking the Bears money line and the Cardinals money line. You get even more money then yeah. because you're not getting the plus three points. I just, especially the Bears, I think the Bears are going to beat up on the Packers. It's a damn shame. Um, all right. 49ers going forward. Scale of one to 10. How confident are you in the 49ers next week winning? Whoever they play without knowing who they play. So in two weeks from now, because they have yes. a lie. All right, yeah, that's what uh, I, mean. I feel great because what are their options? The Buccaneers, the Eagles, the Rams, the Packers. Like, I am not scared of any of those teams. So I put it at 100% confidence. Me too. And that scares me. <laughs> it really doesn't. It doesn't scare. I'm not going to go into this game nervous at all. Strawberry React says the scary thing is Seattle actually has talent. Their scheme just sucks. I hope they keep Pete Carroll and never change. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Keep Pete Carroll. Just like I'm hoping the Bears keep Justin Fields. Great. Keep him. Do they have talent though? Because they have Geno Smith at quarterback. DK Metcalf's great. Tyler Lockett's old. I do really like Jackson Smith the Jigba as a rookie. I liked him coming out of school. Kenneth Walker's okay. He's a solid. But like defense, they really don't have many pieces. Do they have weapons? Like, I feel like Pete Carroll is a pretty good coach. It, He's gum chewing co- annoys the crap out of me. Yeah, well, yeah. But uh, besides that, you have to give it to him. He's a pretty good coach. Well, that's what I was thinking about. Cause I was thinking about the Niners with Shanahan. And to me, it's everything that's happening to the 49ers right now is because of Kyle Shanahan. Um, their offensive line coach, Chris Forster gave an interview yesterday talking about Jake Brendel, the starting center who was named a pro bowl alternate for the second straight year. Uh, season, which is pretty amazing because like who the hell expected anything of Jake Brendel. But Chris Forster basically said that Kyle Shanahan scheme sets up Brendel to be successful where he doesn't have to necessarily block for that long. So he kind of looks better than he is. And it just made me think like Kyle is good at making even average players be able to contribute in this scheme. And it's like, if they stay healthy, they're not going to be bad. They have Kyle Shanahan. Like, they're not going to be bad for as long as he is there. Okay. You know my issues with Kyle Shanahan. I think as long as he's calling the offensive plays, you're right. Like, they're not going to be bad on offense. I don't think he's the best coach in the world with management of his players. I think he's very clicky. I think he has his favorite guys, and I think that rubs some people the wrong way. But when you're winning, winning fixes all, right? But if there's ever a losing period it's going to rub guys the wrong way because clicky is never a good thing it's just that's and maybe i'm making this all up maybe there's not clicky no. but it feels very clicky there's clicking the cabo crew i mean the, the players that go to cabo with kyle and jed york and yeah you know no. what i think would be the best combination of all time 
if they could just put together Mike Tomlin as a head coach with Kyle Shanahan as the play caller. <laughs> oh my God. Cause there's no one that is a better leader. I feel like the Mike Tomlin and a better, like just a coaches coach or a player's mm-hmm. coach. But if you, then you put all the play calling into Kyle Shanahan's hands, pay them equally. I don't care. That team would be unstoppable. Yeah, Mike Tomlin, congratulations! You didn't lo- you didn't have a losing season, yay! Nick I know. Rome- I roll my eyes at that. Oh. I don't care about that. Winning season for Tomlin means what? Means they either miss the playoffs because they decided not to win until right late in the year, and they needed other things to happen, which will probably happen this year, or they make it at the skin of their teeth. Is that the is that the saying? Of their teeth. Okay, and then they get demolished in the wild card round. Which is what we've seen from Pittsburgh, really. They haven't won a playoff game since 2016. And for everyone that needs to remember, because 2016 seems like five seconds ago, right? It's 2024. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a long time ago. I know we're all getting old really fast. And 2016 seems like it was really soon, but it was a long time ago. Lee Ving says, Kyle's a little like Don Nelson. He has his guys in his doghouse. Old reference. I just... Here's my pattern, I feel like, with Kyle Shanahan. I criticize the hell out of him in the offseason, and then when they start playing games, I'm like, God damn it, this guy's a really good coach. <laughs> my biggest gripes with him are not the X's and O's stuff. It's it's the management stuff. Yeah. But I now... Mean, that, that's what it is. But I don't know... It's really, you just have... Not every person, not any coach, not anybody can be perfect, right? So that's his downfall. But since he's such an amazing play caller, makes up for it most of the time. Antonio says, 2016 was two years ago. What do you mean? Exactly. <laughs> I feel like that, Antonio. Um, but now that the quarterback situation is settled, I don't think I'm going to have any gripes with Kyle Shanahan this offseason. Unless, like, he does some crazy, like, clock management stuff or something that costs them in the playoffs. I feel like that was my biggest thing with him. But, you know, I said this earlier this week somewhere. They all blur together now. The 49ers quarterback situation is as settled as it's been basically since Steve Young was there now. Like, it's Brock. It's clearly Brock. They're not looking for another guy. They're not sniffing around anybody in free agency. They're going to have to maybe get a new backup because Darnold's a free agent after the year. But, like, everybody knows what the deal is this year. And so maybe maybe my biggest, you know, complaint about Kyle is just going to be gone now. It's just going to be champagne and strawberries. You know who's going to be the backup, right? Who? You know. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a backup. That's a terrible idea because then you need a good third stringer because you know Jimmy's going to find a way to get hurt. So that that better not be because you think he's getting cut by the Raiders? Yeah, yeah, I mean, why would you keep him? What would be the point? I think that Kyle and Jimmy at the end, I think it got really ugly because basically Jimmy stopped going to meetings and like just was basically like checked out last year after he got hurt. Trey Lance was the one that was helping Brock Purdy. Trey Lance uh, went to the Niners and said, like, how can I help him? And they started giving him, like, third down plays to chart or something to help Brock Purdy. Jimmy wasn't even showing up to the meeting. (laughs) So I think they were just, I mean, Tim Kawakami reported that if the Niners had advanced in the playoffs, they were going to get Phillip Rivers to come out of retirement. They were not going back to Jimmy Garoppolo. Even if he was healthy, they were going to get friggin' broke-ass Phillip Rivers out of retirement. So that tells you how bad it got with Jimmy at the end. I will say, I do think if the 49ers don't end up winning the Super Bowl, there's going to be something probably we're upset about with Kyle Shanahan. Well, you're in lockstep with Joseph Faccio, who says, 
Kyle will be the reason we win the Super Bowl or the reason we lose it if we get there. Do you agree with that? I do. Unless it's like, or it could be put on Steve Wilkes or something. It's always going to be put on the coaches instead of the players. Unless your name is Jaquiski Tart and then everyone can blame you pretty easily. But if, yeah, I mean, this team is, they have all, everything they need, right? They have everything they need to at least get to the playoffs. We'll see who they have to face in the Super Bowl. We'll see how hot that team is at that moment. Maybe it's a super hard team in the AFC, but they have everything they need to get through the NFC playoffs pretty easily, right? There's no one that compares to the 49ers and how good they are this season across the NFC. There's no the only, left. Yeah, there's no excuse. The only team you can name is the Cowboys and the 49ers destroyed them this year. And yeah, and I know that the Cowboys are playing better and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Just you, I don't care if you're the, there's no, you've burned through your excuses. First, it was, well, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't complete this pass. And then it was Shaquiski Tart didn't catch this interception. Like enough of that now. That's it. No more excuses. You got a healthy quarterback. You're going to have a healthy quarterback. Go win it. Win the damn thing. Win the damn thing. So for the first time since I was nine years old, Michelle, and it'd be weird for me because I was nine in 1994 when the 49ers won the Super Bowl, and my son is nine years old right now. Oh, my goodness. And it's going to happen. Oh, my goodness. You should have told us that so long ago. I told you the NFL just is like always lines perfectly for everybody. And this aligns perfectly for you and your son. And that's what it's been waiting for. And that is so amazing. What would you do if the 49ers won a Super Bowl? Like what? How would you celebrate afterwards? Well, see, here's the thing. I've been thinking about this, right? Because normally we start the instant reaction show like right after. But I also like would want to run around my house screaming and celebrate. So I don't really know what I would do because I want to celebrate with everybody. But also like, yeah, it, it's going to be a big emotional thing. Like I imagine I would cry if the 49ers won the Super yeah. Bowl. Like, do I want to be uh, you know, live on the air, like ball ugly crying after the game? Or do I take a minute? I think you take a minute. I think everyone would be taking a minute. They're all going to be so excited. No one's going to jump on right away to watch you, right? Yeah. Maybe a couple people. But take a minute. Enjoy it with your son. Your son should come on the yeah. instant reaction. But yeah, definitely take a few minutes. Are you going to be working during the Super Bowl? Yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, Michelle is a fantasy analyst and researcher for NFL Network. So you're going to be, yeah. Because I want everybody into the pool for the instant. If the Niners win the Super Bowl everybody in like we're going like two three hours if the Niners win the Super Bowl I'll come in at some point we're getting a little ahead of ourselves probably but we're getting really excited it's hard not to think about it though right especially this week when they've got a crap game against the Rams that doesn't mean anything and then a bye week like what else am I supposed to think about really it's kind of sad that there's not an important 49ers game for two and a half weeks or and that really, there's only at most three more the entire year. Like this team has been amazing to watch. It's been so much fun for most of the year. And it's sad that, you know, there's only three more games that matter. Hopefully at most, it's, you know, I'm going to miss it. Uh, Brisby life says Twitch chat demands tears on the stream. <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah, I might. I mean, like Levin pointed it out the other day and I got a little emotional. Like it has been a year for me. The year started with me getting laid off in January, right? As in the middle of the 49ers playoff stream, like, you know, we ended up scrambling, starting a new feed, then getting the old feed and starting the YouTube channel, which by the way, 
Pretty soon, we're going to go over 2 million views this year on the YouTube channel, which is freaking amazing. Thank you to everybody for that. Like, I have had a year. <laughs> so if they win, there's going to be some emotion that comes out for sure. It probably is even better for you that they're going to win if they win this year instead of last year, right? Because last year was just yeah. complete chaos with all that going down. Now this year, you get to just completely enjoy it. And it's going to be amazing. That's true. I mean, it's going to happen. I feel it. It's going to happen. I hope so. I can't wait. Thank you, everybody, for all your support throughout the year. Thank you, Michelle, and your wife, Kate, who've been very supportive of me, convincing me to get this thing up and running. It wouldn't exist without you. Well, I'm very happy that I did that. I'm very happy I'm on this all the time and get to bust your blast, bust your balls. <laughs> well, I should have my blast there to, you know, promote the pod, but I missed that opportunity. Yeah, the Ball Blast Football Podcast. That's Michelle's podcast with her wife, Kate, which you should go check out. And Sunday morning, live on 95.7 The Game. It's the Gold Standard Network Hour, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Michelle is joining the show. It's going to be me, Levin, and Michelle. Three-man weave, three-person weave, excuse me. Uh, so you definitely want to check that out. It's not a uh, repurposed podcast. It's new, original content that you can't get anywhere else. If I don't make it a podcast. It doesn't go up on YouTube. It's just there on 95.7 The Game. So you definitely want to go and check that out. I'm super excited you're going to be on the show. Yeah, you finally invited me. I finally got to get on. And Feels there's good. the sass. Just couldn't say thanks. Thanks, Rob. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Super excited about it. You had to complain, even though we wanted to have you on last week and you were like, I'm too busy. Listen, Levin and I got along. That's saying something. Rare. It's a rare. See, that's how good it is in 49ers land right now. When you and Levin can get along. Yeah. That's where we are. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thank you so much to everybody who joined in the chat and left comments. All our YouTube channel members, our new YouTube channel members. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Less than $3 a month if you want to sign up for that. Check us out on 95.7 The Game Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific time. And, of course, after the game, we will be live here on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch for the Instant Reaction Show. If you're watching on YouTube, click the like and subscribe buttons. Hit the bell so you know whenever we go live, which we are live every single weekday here for you. And, again, if you want more Michelle in your life, which you should, check out the Ball Blast Football Podcast. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Same to you. Bye, y'all. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.